0: You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. And we're back. It is the Ravens' second straight victory Monday. So, the second straight victory Monday here on Locked on Ravens. Baltimore defeating the Cleveland Browns in week 12 by the final score of 16 to 10. It wasn't a pretty game. You know, it wasn't something you'd hang in a museum or anything, but. The Ravens—they get the job done. They come out with a victory, and that's all that matters. They move to eight and three, which represents the top spot in the AFC—the best record in the AFC through 12 weeks. And it's just—it's so impressive. It, it is to me because of just how many injuries this team has gone through, how was, how resilient they've had to be throughout the course of this whole year. And this could have easily been kind of like a throwaway year for them where they lose all these guys before the season. It continues throughout the regular season and they're just like, you know what, what do we like? This is ridiculous. But they have continued to believe in their guys as they should. And now they have kind of gotten those rewards and are now eight and three. They leave the AFC North and now they will Travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 13. But before we get into that and looking ahead, let's talk about this game a little bit. Because, you know, again, it wasn't pretty, but the Ravens get the job done. In the first segment, we'll talk about the offense, that Ravens offense. It wasn't the best day for them. We'll talk about that. In the second segment, we'll dive into the defense. Another very solid performance by this defense, especially considering they did not have Calais Campbell in this game going up against the best run attack in the NFL. Then in the final segment, we will look ahead a little bit to Pittsburgh and the rest of the remaining schedule for Baltimore and also just talk about how how really amazing the season has been because I know we've done this before after victories and everything, but it really every week it seems like, all right, now is the week where the injuries will catch up to them or now is the week where this will happen and it just usually never does. Now, they do have three losses, but at the same time, the eight wins are just as amazing as the losses are brutal. So We'll dive into all of that here. Before we do that, though, if you are following along with us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and audio form, be sure to follow the show, turn on notifications so you know you get our content. That's Monday through Friday. At 6 a.m. Eastern time, though, I'll tell you right here. Also, if you're following along with us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel, like the video, hit that notification bell. It all helps out in the YouTube algorithm. And I greatly appreciate everybody who's making Locked on Ravens your first listen of the day. Our first goal on YouTube is 1,000 subscribers. So thank you for everybody who has subscribed on the YouTube channel. We're growing up pretty quickly, and I'm really happy about that. But I'm also happy about this Ravens victory. Let's talk about it here on Locked on Ravens. Also, though, follow me on Twitter at ChaosHarker34 and the Locked on Ravens account at Locked on Ravens. But enough of that. Let's dive into the victory. Starting on offense, you know, Lamar Jackson is the key storyline here. And Coming back after missing week 11 with an illness, you know, this offense sputtered a little bit. And one of the stats I want to bring up first is the fact that this offense, this Baltimore offense has scored one touchdown on offense in three straight weeks. It has not been a great time (laughs) for this offense. And they've had to deal with adjusting to blitzes, which they haven't done great. And obviously missing Lamar Jackson in week 11. And then just the turnovers, which really, really plagued them in this game. Lamar Jackson, four interceptions through three of them on three straight possessions. And those are just killers. And Lamar Jackson knows he has to play better. A lot of people know Lamar Jackson has to play better. Some of them were on wacky tip plays. There was one of them where it looked like Lamar Jackson was targeting Mark Andrews, but Rashad Bateman was coming across the field, and you know he was the short crosser guy. And it kind of he was like, "Why are you throwing it so hard to me?" And he ended up putting his hands up. The ball deflects and into the arms of a Cleveland defender. But I mean, there was the one to Ronnie Harrison, which you know did it touch the ground? I think it maybe did, but you know, regardless, that was just a bad throw altogether. Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews clearly not on the same page, and then you know just. Just bad overall turnovers and something where, you know, Lamar Jackson's throwing the football more this year than he ever has, at least he's on pace to. So the interceptions will be coming at a higher rate just based off of pure numbers. But at the same time, four interceptions in a game, teams usually never are able to win in those situations. Since 2015 teams were 0-52 and 52 in those situations. And what, and what do the Ravens do? They overcome, they're resilient, and they break that 52-game losing streak. But, yeah, Jackson just looked a bit rusty. And we all know this is not the player he is. Sometimes he will have bad games, but that doesn't mean it's an excuse for him. to Be like, oh, I know, go get him next time. Lamar Jackson knows. You know, he said in his post-game press conference he was hot about it. And on Twitter he said he was going to get back in the lab. But, yeah, a lot of throws Lamar Jackson really probably wishes he had back. Four interceptions is never acceptable as a quarterback. He knows that. And by his standards, he's, he's mad at it because he knows he's a better player than that. And I know and, and everybody knows he's a better player than that. That doesn't mean he's not a generational talent doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback, but at the same time, there were opportunities. There were tons and tons of opportunities in this game for the Ravens to get off to a fast start or put the foot on the gas a little bit and then kind of step on the throw to Cleveland in in that defense. But They just couldn't take advantage because the interceptions were so prevalent and just backbreaking in some situations you know, right before the half, when they're trying to drive down the field and get some points, it's those types of situations where it just does not benefit an offense whatsoever. And I've said this for a while, but the Ravens two minute drills are either absolutely beautiful or absolutely brutal. And, you know, we saw a couple of brutal ones in this game against Cleveland in week 12, but they were able to overcome. And that's the most important part, obviously, but Jackson, you know, moving forward does have to play a bit better and hopefully he'll be able to do that against Pittsburgh, a team where he has had a lot of struggles, a lot, a lot of struggles against. We'll talk about that in the final segment. But, Jackson, overall, when you want to look at it from a pure stats perspective, 20-32, 165 yards, one touchdown in those four interceptions. Was sacked twice. The offensive line was not amazing. They weren't absolutely atrocious either. I thought it was a better game from what we've seen from them, but there was still, you know, a lot of times where Jackson was under pressure, had to move out of the pocket, was pressured in in one second. So the offensive line, definitely not this amazing unit, but also not, you know, terrible as they might've been in the past couple of games. Jackson also contributed 17 carries for 68 yards. But one of the problems here for the Ravens offense is the running game. And at this point, I mean, look, it just, is is what it is you know the Ravens they don't have JK Dobbins they don't have Gus Edwards they're missing Ronnie Stanley and and a bunch of offensive line pieces shuffling around and it's it's just it's going to be what it's going to be this year and I think a lot of people kind of have to get on that train Lamar Jackson has been carrying this rushing offense he only averaged four yards a carry in this game but it's better than his running backs did you know Devonzo Freeman 3.3 yards per carry on 16 carries Latavius Murray 1.8 yards per carry on eight carries Tyson Williams one yard per carry on just one carry. So the Ravens running backs, 2.7 yards per carry combined. That's it usually doesn't win any football games, but the Ravens are able to, again, come out on top, be resilient. Credit to the defense. Talk about the defense in the second segment. But this rushing attack has made this offense so one-dimensional at this point where when they're running the football, you're like, oh, my God, like it's going to be one one yard or two yards or three yards. And it's those type of situations, especially on first down. We've talked about how the Ravens' third-down offense has not been – amazing this season and they've had to improve in that area and they should improve in that area. Now they were seven for 15 on third down, but we saw situations throughout the night where obviously they performed well in those third down areas, but also it's just situational football where the Ravens third down offense has not been as amazing as people want it to this year, because they're putting themselves in not great third down situations where we see a run on first down for one yard and incompletion on second down. And all of a sudden you're on a third and nine, or there's a, sack on first down, and then there's a five-yard gain, then you're faced third and 11. It's so much easier to convert in third and threes and third and twos and third and ones, as opposed to third and nine, third and 10, third and 11. You know, third and shorts are a better conversion percentage, a better chance of that than third and longs. And obviously that's, you know, pretty common knowledge. I'm not, you know, necessarily dropping unknown knowledge on people right now, but I think Ravens fans have gotten so used to the fact that, you know how, hey, J.K. Dimes will pick up nine here, or Gus Edwards will pick up six here. And then all of a sudden you're faced with a second and four or a second and one instead of a second and 11 or second and eight. So it's been tough for them this season with the running game, not being able to pick up the yards necessary to put them in better third down situations. All of a sudden they're working with just not great areas there. And then they're forced to punt the offense can't get the ball rolling and the fast starts aren't there. So I think that's an area where this team definitely has to improve the penalties. Also, there were a couple of big penalties. Now, overall, the Ravens had just five penalties in the game. But you know, we saw a couple of holding plays that derailed drives, whatnot. But you know, that's gonna happen. Offensive linemen, you know, nobody's perfect, and it kind of happens. So, we saw the false start on Kevin Zeitler, the one yard line on fourth down that gives the Ravens not the opportunity to kick or to go in and score the touchdown. They decided to kick the field goal instead. So, overall, the Ravens' offense definitely does have to improve. They're doing just enough to win football games, get Justin Tucker into field goal range. But this offense is just it'll be a lot better if they can get the run game going. And, you know, as I said, this, this running offense is what it is right now. They don't have their star players. They're working with guys who are still, even now, maybe trying to find their role and just figure out this offense and aren't there, aren't there 2016 selves, but you know, The running game has to feed off of the pass game. The pass game has to feed off of the run game, and that's what makes an offense successful. And right now the Ravens running offense is not really holding up to that standard of, hey, this is the Ravens offense we've seen over the past two, three years, the Ravens rushing offense. But, of course, it's not going to be the same when you don't have your star players in there. So Lamar Jackson, rough game for him. The Ravens offense 16 points overall. They still win the football game, though, and that is all that matters. We'll head into our first break. When we get back, we'll talk about this Ravens defense and their great, great performance against Cleveland in Week 12, so stay tuned for that. And we'll be right back. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings you live and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion to get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com the battle of required content varies by package we return here our second segment of this locked on ravens victory monday edition kevin all your host still hanging out with you here talking with you after a raven's 16 to 10 victory over the cleveland browns their first divisional win of the season they are now one and one in the afc north losing to cincinnati in week seven but beating cleveland in week 12 and a lot of this game a lot of the victory goes to the defense and they played lights out for most of this football game a couple of things to work on of course because no performance can be absolutely spotless but i've been very impressed with this defense over the last three weeks and their ability to hold up really really well with all the injuries and with guys coming in and out you know they're losing guys for the season they're they're still really they've bonded together they've played as a unit and I think we're seeing the improved play we've wanted to see for a pretty long time. Now, you know, we talk about the bad before the good, you know, just get the bad out of the way. The big plays are still prevalent. They still come in kind of bad situations in this game. We saw a couple of big ones and, you know, just pulling them up. We saw plays of 41 yards, 38 yards, 20 yards, for example. And, you know, there, there are plays where there's not a Raven defender in the area that maybe the pass rush doesn't get there and the defense can't cover for, for that long. There's a miscommunication issue. But for the most part in this game, the Ravens offense was spectacular outside of those big plays, which at the end of the day didn't cost them a victory. So, you know, that's kind of all you can ask for, but you do want to see the improvement in that area. The biggest win for me for this Ravens defense was the fact that they only allowed 2.4 yards per carry on the grounds of this Cleveland rushing offense. The Cleveland rushing offense came into this game in Week 12 as the best in all of football, number one in yards, number one in yards per carry, number one in rushing touchdowns. Fifth in attempts, so they were doing more with less. But what we saw here is a unit that, again, came together, played together, tackled very well. There were a few missed tackles in there, but overall tackled very well. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the entire NFL, eight carries in this game, eight carries for Nick Chubb for 16 yards. That's two yards a carry for one of the best running backs in the NFL. I will take that. The Ravens will take that seven days of the week. You know, let's let's add an extra day. Eight days of the week the Ravens will take that. And you know, the, the leading rusher for Cleveland was Kareem Hunt, seven carries for 20 yards. Baker Mayfield, two for four. This was a defensive unit that was flying to the football, was really just just wreaking havoc all over the place, getting to Baker Mayfield, making Baker Mayfield uncomfortable. They got to Baker Mayfield twice overall, sacked him twice, but there were the pressures. We saw a couple of missed sacks early in the game, and even, even late in the game, Justin Houston on that final drive had Baker Mayfield wrapped up and just couldn't bring him down. And we've talked about this before here on Lockdown Ravens, where It seems like this Ravens defense is a high-pressure team, but sometimes just can't get the quarterback down by like an inch or a hair, and and those can result in some big plays. Now, luckily, that didn't really harm the Ravens. Those plays where the the defense to get the quarterback down didn't really result in anything where it's like, oh, you know, we really wish we had that sack. But at the same time, you want to get the Browns in those second and long situations, third and long situations, because we talked about in the first segment, it can hinder an offense and get them into bad third down situations, which they can't really do a lot with. And that was really, really key. Adafi Oway played phenomenal football in this game, had two really big plays, obviously the forced fumble on Jarvis Landry, where he works across to where Landry's going to throw the football. He's he's winding up almost, and all of a sudden, bam, you know, O.A. comes in, forces that fumble, the recovery by the Ravens, and then O.A. recovers a fumble of his own. You know, the the Ravens really did, did a good job of getting to the football in this game and just making it really, really hard for Cleveland to do a lot of what they wanted. And Baker Mayfield obviously was very hindered by his injuries. He's playing very hurt right now. He's probably the most injured player in the NFL right now who is playing. And, and I mean, there are guys who are playing right now who are so beat up. But I think Mayfield, you know, is really, really, really fighting for his team. And, you know, respect to him for doing that. But he's definitely not the player that, you know, he wants to be at 100% because he's just just not 100% at the moment. Patrick Queen all over the field tonight was doing so much for this team. He had eight tackles. He he led the team in tackles. He, he was tied with Marlon Humphrey, the team lead, had eight solo tackles. Humphrey had seven solo tackles and two passes defensed. This was a game where the Ravens' defense came to play for the third straight week against an offense where a lot of people are thinking with Calais Campbell out, oh, man, this is going to be a game where Nick Chubb runs all over this defense and the Ravens can't stop anything. They're putting third and short situations. The Browns can use play action and they can get what they want. And Jarvis Landry is going to kill this team. Jarvis Landry has been, you know, we talk about AJ Green as a Raven killer. Jarvis Landry has been a Raven killer for a little bit. When he's been in Cleveland, he did he did he did some things. Led this team six receptions, 111 yards, but the Ravens still were able to hold Cleveland in check for the most part. And one of the biggest points that I want to make here the time of possession battle. This ties into the offense a little bit. Baltimore held the football for 37 minutes and four seconds. Cleveland on the football for 22 minutes and 56 seconds. So they are getting back to the ball control offense, even though they're not running the football effectively, the Ravens, they're still holding the football. And what does that do for a defense? It keeps them on the sideline. It keeps them rested. It makes the offense, the opposing offense cold. So Cleveland's offense was coming out there cold a lot of the time. And that was huge. Baltimore's third down defense has been one of the best in football over the 2021 season. They held the Browns to four of 13 on third down. It's another reason why the Ravens were able to win this game. They got the ball back for their offense. They forced Cleveland to punt in a lot of situations where they get a first down and moving closer to the end zone, they're getting a field goal range and that could have really hurt considering how the Ravens offense played in this one. So, you know, you talk about this, I think Brandon Williams played well considering how he's played this season. He's been a, he's been not, great this year you know he's been hindered by a couple injuries obviously but I thought he played decently well overall He's you I know, just met a week game make a couple plays which I was really impressed with I mean the whole defense played pretty well Marlon Humphrey had the pass interference obviously but had a couple of really nice plays Tyus Bowser has been great he has been great over these past couple of weeks and you know honestly throughout the season right he just hasn't been that stat monster he's racking up the box score stats and having Like 10 tackles and and four sacks a game, but he's come to life in these past couple of weeks and really showing by this team. Put so much faith in him, signs of that contract extension, and they're putting him in coverage, right? He had a great coverage play, two really good ones on the last final possessions for the Browns, and made the tackle on fourth down to secure the Ravens this victory, this AT North victory. So, I mean, I've been very, very impressed with Bowser. Overall, you know, talking about tackles, Brandon Stevens had five. He, he filled in for Deshaun Elliott once again. Mark Andrews actually had four tackles. Mark Andrews is on the stat sheet here with four tackles overall because he was tackling people from Lamar Jackson's interceptions and everything. So Mark Andrews was tied for the third most tackles on the Ravens in this game. You know, he had eight, eight, five, and then a bunch with four. And Mark Andrews is in there with four tackles. So defensive savior Mark Andrews in the building. He had Chuck Clark. Who dropped the interception and you're thinking oh my god we've we've seen it so many times from chuck clark where he, he makes a great play gets his hands on the football and just can't secure it and it's just it's like ah oh, you know it's, it's such a momentum killer because you know you, you're selling you're up and jumping and then you see the ball hit the ground you're like no so you know that that hurts and baker mayfield you know kind of held his hands above his head and was like oh and like oh no <laughs> like you know he he knows he got away with one there so Chuck Clark made a great play on that football, but just could not bring it in. Hopefully he'll get his hands on one and actually catch the football next week. I think that'd be great for him. But yeah, I mean, the Ravens defense I've been very, very impressed with. I think when you look at what they've been able to do, not just in this game, but as I talked about in the last three weeks, they've been they've been great overall. You know, they limit the Browns to 222 yards passing and just 262 yards overall. So they're doing their job. And I think that, when you look at just where you want this defense to be considering their past defense has not been great this season, the run defense has been phenomenal, but you know, their past defense, I think they're working on it. They're getting there. They have the talent, but I think, you know, the big plays are still an issue. If they can improve on those if they can get those under control, then you're talking about a team that can have their run defense feed off of their past defense, Their past defense feed off of the run defense. See, it kind of works both ways with the offense and with the defense. So I'm excited the Ravens, you know, had another great defensive performance. They'll head to Pittsburgh in week 13. We'll talk about that when we get back in our final segment. So we'll head into our final break here. When we get back, we'll talk about what's ahead for Baltimore. We'll talk about how impressive the season has been for the team. So stay tuned for that and we'll be right back. It's here, the best Monday of the year. Cyber Monday and Built.com is the place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide. And even bigger discounts on Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built Bar flavors landing just in time for Cyber Monday. Caramel Almond Delight. And it delivers everything it promises. Caramelized Chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful Double, check. Be sure to get yours before they're gone. In the season, maybe you're craving white chocolate for a limited time. Get a special new Built Bar Puffs flavor. White Chocolate Cheesecake Vemi Protein Treat filled with marshmallowy center covered in white chocolate. This is season to save and give your taste buds the gift of built bars. So get to built.com for these incredible tasty new bars and 20% off everything. Head to built.com and enter code locked 20 before it's too late. It's Thanksgiving, we all know what that means, football. Nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. BetOnline in We've covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. But on the under number one spot for all sports action, head to our new updated desktop or mobile website, Choose send us today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. And it's not just football, but in prone college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals. We return here our final segment of this victory Monday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still hanging out with you here. And let's now dive into just how amazing this season has been. The Ravens picking up their eighth win of the season in week 12, 16 to 10 over the Cleveland Browns and it just continues to add to a year it's been so wacky so so unlike any other just looking back on where the season began and even before the season right let's talk about the injuries of jk dobbins and because edwards and Marcus peters and guys getting hurt in otas and training camp you know shot bateman jimmy smith etc and it's just you're looking at this roster you're looking at how depleted it already is before week one of the season. And you're like, what can this team do? You know, they have Lamar Jackson, they have talent on both sides of the ball, but they're missing a lot of key pieces. They come into the year missing every carry yard touchdown from running backs on their roster from 2020. And it's just a lot of new pieces already. Then the injuries keep coming. You know, Ronnie Stanley does not look like himself in week one. He's ended up getting shut down for the season. You know, that they have to deal with that and moving Alejandro a hundred bone from the right side to the left side. And it's just, you know, all this stuff, they have found gems, though. Pesha Makari's been pretty good, right? He's been pretty great at right tackle. But then he misses some games, right? He comes in and he misses some games. And so they have to work with Tyree Phillips at right tackle. And it's just been all this different stuff where guys go down. You know, Deshaun Elliott goes down for the year. That's another big loss. They lose LJ Ford before the season as well. That's a huge loss. Derek Wolf is supposed to come back. And then he doesn't come back. And it's just so many things where guys are missing just a week, a couple weeks, a couple months we've seen almost, I mean, I'm going to have to count it, but it seems like every single player has missed a practice. You <laughs> know, It's probably not exactly true, but it feels that way. Right. And despite all of it, they're eight and three. They're at the top of the AFC at the top of the AFC North. They pick up a big win against a division rival when they're really about to dive into the teeth of their schedule here. And they, they did with a win, but they have Pittsburgh coming up. They go to Heinz field. Then they have to go to Cleveland and play the Browns again. Then they have, A couple of really big NFC matchups, but in between those are the Cincinnati Bengals. And then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers to round out the season. So, you know, earlier in the year, we had talked about this. And even before, right right as the schedule came out for Baltimore, how this stretch, week 12 to 18, are going to be the the biggest weeks for this Ravens team. But they had to put themselves in a situation to make the playoffs early in the year, where if they went into these final seven weeks, you know, let's say five and and four or something, you know, you talk about that, or, you know, the five and five, that would have been huge to say that then they can't afford as many losses that that's difficult, but they have weathered through those injuries. They've weathered through their struggles. They have not started fast on offense. They've given up big plays on defense. They've gone through missed tackles. It's been, it's been everything for this Ravens team. The running game is not what it was, but they've seen steps in the passing offense. Lamar Jackson has taken a huge leap. No, I, I know he had the four interception game in week 12, but overall he's taken a huge, huge, huge leap. And it's been great to see that from him. Rashad Bateman is working his way into the offense. He's already been a trusted target of Lamar Jackson. You see a lot of defensive contributors stepping up and improving the improvement from Patrick Queen, right? How great has that been? A lot of people were down on him, but... You know, it's a matter of patience. And I, I preach patience, you know. Friend of the show, Spencer Schultz also preached patience on Patrick Queen on this show when he is now balling out for a Ravens team. I really needed him to do so. You have Josh Bynes coming in, you're working with guys, rookies, Rafe Owe. We talked about Bateman, Brandon Stevens, all these guys coming in and contributing on big terms on huge stages. Also, the Ravens have played five primetime games in 12 weeks. They played three primetime games in their first five weeks. So, this team is obviously one that many people find exciting. They obviously are very exciting, but it hasn't been that Ravens brand of football we've seen, all things considered. We got so used to seeing the, the high powered rushing offense and, you know, kind of the past game feeding off of that a little bit. But it's been the opposite this year. We've seen the past offense take that leap. We've seen the Ravens knock it off the fast starts, as I talked about. They're not putting up 30, 40 points a game every week like we saw in 2019. This is a grind it out type of team where they will grind out their wins. It will not be pretty. It will not be amazing. But the end result is amazing, and that's what matters because you get the magical moments coming back, like we saw in Week 2, in Week 5, in Week 9, all all those different games where they've come back. It's burned them a couple times, right? Week 9, you know, you see kind of the Ravens get back in the game, but then the next week on the short week in Week 10 against Miami, it it gets a little difficult, and they don't get off the fast start Miami kind of finds that blueprint hey let's blitz all the time the Ravens can't adjust and that's what happened it's not been a perfect year overall guys have struggled guys have really struggled I talked about the running game Latavius Murray kind of a north-south runner Devonta Freeman not who he was in 2016 Tesson Williams I know a lot of people were expecting a lot out of him he's not done a ton Josh Oliver has not done a ton I know people were expecting a lot out of him as well Jalen Ferguson has not been you know on the field a lot this season so he's not been able to produce a lot Malik Harrison's been in and out this year hasn't been Amazing, but with all those guys, there have been guys who have stepped up in a really big way. You've seen a lot of strides from Devin Duvernay, who I think a lot of people are really, really excited to see. We've seen James Crochet show some flashes. Obviously, there are guys on the defensive side of the ball, too. Tyus Bowser continuing to improve, as we talked about. Justin Houston showing flashes as a late free agent addition. It's just guy after guy stepping up and performing in a big, big way. And now this team is traveling to Pittsburgh to face a reeling Steelers team that is just... You know, not, not great. They tap the Detroit Lions. They lose in convincing fashion to the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. And you know, Ben Roethlisberger. It seems like this is his last season. You know, a lot of Steelers fans saying, "Oh, this is our rebuild," and you know, we still have, we're gonna have salary cap. Well, right now in the present, it doesn't look like that Steelers team is gonna do a ton to end the season. Now, Baltimore and Pittsburgh. The rivalry is very well known. It's one of the best in the NFL, in my opinion. And they're gonna to have to perform well. Heinzfield is a tough place to play Lamar Jackson. I think he struggled the most against the Steelers over the course of his career so far. he's really kind of had a tough time figuring out that Steelers defense. Maybe this is the time where he figures it out. But the Steelers defense has given him a lot of trouble. They have guys like DJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, a bunch of stars. Cam Hayward is arguably having the best season of his NFL career. And he, you know, he's been in the league for a long time. So credit to him and everything. But the Steelers are missing Juju Smith Schuster, who's out for the season, and they have a, t- a ton of other kind of smaller injuries they've been dealing with overall. But they have Najee Harris, who's been, you know, I think a kind of a bright spot for them. The offensive line is still 50 50, in my opinion. But I think the Ravens will have a tough test ahead of them. I think they can win this football game. I've been predicting they we're going to sweep the Steelers ever since before the year started. I'm sticking by it, and I think that they can do it. But they're going to have to, again, limit the big plays, get the run game going a little bit, off to a fast start. If they can put all those things into what they built – Against Cleveland in week 12, they can head to Cleveland in week 14, feeling even better about themselves after coming up with a win in Pittsburgh, but it will be tough. It'll be gritty. There might be another grinded out game and a really good one considering how really amazing those games between Baltimore and Pittsburgh are every time they match up. But Again, the Ravens eight and three at the top of the AFC, top of their division, and probably feeling pretty good about themselves as they hit into week thirteen. That's all I have for you here today, though, on Lockdown Ravens. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more Ravens football talk. So stay tuned for that and I will see you tomorrow.